Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Canon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Canon, an SB Nation blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am Pale Dragon, filling in as host this week for a very special Thanksgiving week edition of the Canon Cast. Uh, this year, we are thankful to everyone who listens to this podcast, as well as everyone who reads and comments over at the Canon. Uh, it's been a tough year, but uh, we really appreciate the community of Blue Jackets fans that we have, and to be a part of that community is, is really special. Uh, this week's episode features our uh, biggest guest yet, newly acquired Blue Jacket Center, Max Domi. November is National Diabetes Awareness Month, and Max's people reached out to us about doing this interview so that he could talk about his experiences living with type 1 diabetes. This is something that Max has always been very outspoken about. Uh, He's always been generous with his time meeting with kids who also have this illness. So in this interview, we discuss how he manages his blood sugar while competing at the highest level of his sport. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about why he's so excited to be joining the Columbus Blue Jackets. I hope you enjoy this episode, and please have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. We are here with Max Domi. Max, uh, thank you for being here, and uh, welcome to the Blue Jackets family. Thanks for having me. Super excited. All right, so we're going to be talking about the Blue Jackets in a little bit, but first uh, we want to discuss an issue that I know is, uh, is very important to you, uh, and that is type 1 diabetes. I know that's something that you've been dealing with for a while. It's something that affects a lot of people, a lot of families. Um, Jarmo Kekalainen's daughter also has it. Uh, is that something that has come up in your conversations with him? Yeah, you know what? I actually uh, I met with him and his daughter, I want to say it was two years ago, but it, it could be, I don't know, the whole last, I don't know, five years of my life seemed like kind of a blur. So I think it was two years ago, but I have uh, touched base with definitely Jarmo about it. And certainly his daughter is why I met, uh, I met her after a game in Columbus one time. That's awesome. That's and that's really cool that you that you meet with kids that are going through this as well. So I wanted to know more yeah. about your your journey with this condition. How old were you when you were first diagnosed? Were you having symptoms at the time? And then how has it changed your life having to live with it since then? Yeah. So you know what I was I was actually diagnosed at the age of twelve. Had pretty much the standard symptoms as as everyone knows of. Uh, got really I mean sick. Lost a lot of weight. Looked kind of pale and whatnot. Just didn't look well. Um, and I was actually on my way up to, uh, to Michigan uh, for this uh, minor hockey kind of showcase camp type thing. Um, 
and uh, it was like all the top players across North America. And some somehow I got invited to that, so that was pretty cool. As it was, but got down there, wasn't feeling so hot. Now I'm all, I'm all the way back. I just remember stopping at almost every single gas station I could see, uh, either to get a drink, uh, I was super dehydrated and very thirsty, mm. or had to go pee, which are, are two pretty standard symptoms when it comes to type one diabetes. So sure enough, uh, my mom took me the next day to uh, our family doctor. Um, and he took my blood and I was super, super high. And he was like, all right, well, you definitely have type one diabetes and I'm at the Tiniana sick kids. And just to kind of showcase how little I actually knew about it, my response was, well, like, do I have to go now? And, uh, kind of laughed and said, yeah, you're gonna have to go now, buddy. So anyways, went down there and that was kind of a life changing moment. Spent uh, about a week or so at sick kids, just learning about the, uh, the disease. It's a bit of a culture, a bit of a shock to not just you dealing with it, but your whole life. Uh, your whole family, uh, your whole life kind of goes upside down. There's a lot of things you got to do differently and then learn about, which was, uh, it was pretty stressful, especially at the age of 12. It's a lot to handle, but you know what? When when I asked the question if I could still play hockey and they said yes, I, uh, I wasn't really phased by anything else because that's all I cared about. And I was lucky enough to get the answer of, yeah, do you know who Bobby Clark was? And certain enough to my research and uh, obviously fell in love with uh, the process of, of, of becoming an NHL hockey player and understanding that, okay, you know what, if Mr. Clark can do it, then so can I. And just having him in the back of my mind throughout that whole process made it much easier, that's for sure. Yeah, that's that's great. I um, I think it's good for, for people to see role models like that. Um, I have Crohn's disease myself, and I always take notice when there okay. are athletes that have that, um, and it makes me proud to see them succeed at a high level. And it kind of reminds me that, you know, it doesn't have to hold me back. You know, it doesn't have to stop me from doing what I want to do, uh, which is great. I was curious. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, good for you. That's, that's exactly what I try and do too, right? Like, it's just, it's such a, it's such a difficult thing to deal with. And uh, the only people that can really relate to you are the ones that are actually dealing with the same sort of thing. Uh, so for you and your instance, it's, it's people that are dealing with Crohn's and understand that like, this is a grind that comes with it. And for me, it's the ones that are dealing with type one on a daily basis. And, and those are the ones that understand the most. And, uh, kind of puts a smile on their face to know that they kind of are in this with someone else and you know what they're going through just as I know what they're going through and uh, it makes it easier talking that's for sure now I know you know one of the things when you have this condition is you have to watch what you eat and I was wondering uh, when you go on road trips with the teams uh, is that ever a challenge yep. finding things that <laughs> that you can eat or finding places that are open uh, how do you deal with that you know, I've, I've gotten pretty good at it, but uh, in fairness to, to the world now, I mean, it's uh, eating healthy and, and taking care of your body is such a common thing nowadays. People are understanding how, how valuable what you put in your body is towards your, your long-term health. So it's actually done me uh, a lot of good, that's for sure. I'm also a celiac, um, okay. uh, along with being a type 1, so I deal with uh, eating gluten-free, um, basically around the clock. So that's been since uh, I was 13 or 14 years old as well. Uh, back then, it was a lot harder because you just go everywhere and they're, they don't really have gluten-free options. Nowadays, almost everyone does. So in terms of food and whatnot, um, I ate a pretty clean diet as it is. I had a chef um, at home um, in whatever city I was playing, you know, whether it was in Arizona or Montreal. Uh, I've had a chef basically my entire career. Um, so obviously, I'm putting some money into it, investing in, in my body, taking care of it with recovery and all this other stuff. But the food is at the top of the list for basically everything. So uh, when I go on the road, it's real no different. Just trying to find the best possible restaurant with uh, the best possible food to kind of get you ready to go and um, keep your keep your sugars under control. But the one misunderstanding is that like people are, oh, you're a type one diabetic, you can't have sugar, you can't do this, you can't do that. My guys, 
at the same time, like, I understand where you're, where you're coming from. Type 2 diabetes is a much different disease than type 1. Right. So I just want to make that very clear. And uh, just because I'm a diabetic doesn't mean I can't have sugar. I actually have more sugar than you guys all combined. Because when you go low, <laughs> you're looking for any type of sugar. So whether that's a bag, a bag of Skittles or a Gatorade or a juice box, whatever that might be, uh, I have that pretty frequently just to keep my blood sugar up. Um, so that's kind of a myth, but uh, that being said, it's always anything in moderation, right? So I'm definitely not going to the candy store and crushing a bag of candy all the time, but uh, when need be, I definitely uh, get to indulge in that, that's for sure. Yeah, I had a, a roommate in college who was a type 1 diabetic, and uh, he always kept some orange juice on hand, so if he started to crash, we knew yeah. we'd get him, get him a cup of that and get some of that down, and that usually helped him bounce back pretty quickly. So I'm told that you have this this monitor that you wear now that monitors your your blood sugar. How does that work? Yeah, yeah. So I wear the Dexcom G6 now. Um, they're kind of the ones that have, have allowed me to tell my story and with this platform they have. And um, they're basically the cutting edge technology for CGM, which is like I said, continuous glucose monitoring system. Uh, it's super small. This thing that kind of just goes on my abdomen, uh, rotate from right to left sides on my on my app. So it's there. It's very small. You can't see it. I definitely can't feel it. It's the best device I've had since I was diagnosed. Uh, in the past, it'd be really painful. It'd kind of come off once in a while. It didn't feel good. and It was really bulky. Uh, this one's super sleek. feels great. But basically what it does is, is it eliminates finger pricks, which for me, um, playing hockey at such a high level and uh, being a professional athlete in the best league in the world for hockey is something that you, no matter what, you always have to be monitoring your blood sugar. Yeah. And you have to know where you're going, where you're going in terms of if you're trending low or trending high, uh, monitoring like lows and highs, all that good stuff. Um, and in order to do that, you have to know what your glucose levels are. So I was pricking my finger so constantly that it was, it was pretty hectic, a lot going on. It's just annoying to prick your finger, right? So mm-hmm. um, now I can literally look at my phone, just swipe over the home screen and see my glucose levels real time. Every five minutes it updates. And it has all these cool settings that can actually um, alert me on my phone um, when I go lower, when I go high. Um, I can see all kinds of data that I can overview or that I can review with my doctors and nurses. Um, what else does it have? It has the dispersion low setting, which basically is kind of like a saving grace for um, all those parents with young kids out there or just parents in general. Because when you fall asleep, obviously, there's always that risk of going, going low or you're caught up in, in a meeting or you're playing a game, whatever that might be, um, your sensor is not taking any of that in, in consideration. All it's worried about is your, is your glucose level. So it always reminds you if you are going low, um, and that gives you enough time to, uh, to treat that and, and avoid really dangerous, I mean, tough situations. So it's for me, it's it's the, the most groundbreaking thing I've experienced since I've been a type 1. Uh, it's outstanding. I absolutely love it. I'd recommend it to everyone because for me personally, trying to perform my highest level is just something that, um, I can't do unless my glucose levels are in control. And this allows me, it's not going to be perfect, but this puts me in the best position to succeed, that's for sure. So this is a device that you're actually able to wear while you're on the ice in a game? Yes. Yeah, wow. I wear it uh, 24-7. So it can withstand a an NHL-level hit? <laughs> um, yeah, so far so good. Um, wow. You know, over the years I've had, I have worn devices, whether it's insulin pumps or sensors in the past that, uh, you know, I mean... No matter how awesome these things are, if you're going to get hit with a hockey puck or, or a stick, obviously there's something going to happen mm-hmm. to it. So I'm lucky that uh, I mean I have access to, to getting something fixed or whatever it might be, but I uh, usually have a pretty hidden substance. Nice. And so then is there a trainer then that will be tasked with helping you monitor that during the game? 
Um, you know, it's, uh, it's funny you ask that because back when I was in Arizona, when I first came to the league, um, I'd actually be, be kind of reviewing my blood sugar over the course of a period. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every 10 minute mark, I'd push my finger um, and all through the intermissions and all that stuff. But uh, usually now, unless I have any issues going into a game or going into a period, um, which sometimes I do, don't get me wrong, but um, I, I'm usually pretty good for the whole 20 minute period. And I have some sort of, uh, I mean, carbohydrate solution in in my drink that I just kind of sip on after every shift to keep me level or keep me high enough um, or vice versa just an electrolyte drink that doesn't have carbs to keep me a little bit uh, lower if I am trending high so uh, that kind of depends on that but in terms of monitoring during the actual game now I just treat it as a most three mini game so I'll make sure everything's good before I go out and go out quite a period come back and uh, kind of re- reassess the situation after every after every period in, during the intermission but that being said like if I did need to monitor it during the, during the play, I could do that for sure. Oh, that's really interesting. And that's, that's good to know they're able to, you know, space it out like that. So you can just focus on the game. Now I know that there yeah. is, you have a, another way of monitoring your blood sugar and this one has four legs. Uh, tell us about your service dog, Orion. Yeah, he's, he's a man. He's actually lying on my lap right now. I've talked yet. He, uh, he's all cold right now, but, um, no, he's, he's my best buddy in the world. And, um, before I had a sensor, um, like I said, I had issues with it in the past because just whatever uh, company I was using or whatever it might have been, it just didn't it didn't stay on. It was uncomfortable. Um, I didn't like it as much. The accuracy, yada yada yada, all this stuff. So I just kind of stayed with the old school finger prick um, mentality and, and and plan of attack. So I had kind of my my four legged sensor, I guess you could mm-hmm. call him. He, he basically does the same thing that my sensor does now. My deck comp G six. Um, he, he would detect when my glucose levels would go high or low. Um, I'd wear something on my belt loop, and he'd just kind of pull it off and just sit there and look at me. And I'd always test my blood, and he's honestly, he was right basically 99.9% of the time. So he's uh, he's a lot smarter than I am, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, he's, he's amazing. And, and now with the Dexcom G6, it just kind of allows him to be freed up a little bit. He's not, uh, he's not working 24-7 anymore, but he definitely, he definitely still could if I needed to do him. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, w- would he ever come with you to the rink, or is he just f- for when you're at home? Um, mainly for at home. Um, usually, I mean, I could obviously bring him to the rink. I could bring him anywhere I want because he, he has a full blown service dog and does the best. Uh, when I travel, he could come with me, but uh, you know, it's it's a lot of work. He has a dog, um, sure. so it, it almost becomes not a distraction because he's never a distraction. I would never use that word, but I would never want to take away the attention from. I mean, what's that task or what's that hand? I mean, the task at hand for practice or games whatever that might be you don't want to distract other guys and um he's, he's a pretty cute guy he's, he's a dog that uh like i said he's like a human so uh he's pretty easy to, to get distracted by so i decided to leave him at home but maybe once or twice i'll bring him to the rink just to introduce him to the boys that's for sure i'm sure they'd love that today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you you know this, but John Tortorella is also a big dog person, so I'm sure he would love to meet Orion. I've heard that. I've heard that from many people, actually. But I, I've been a dog guy my whole life, so um, I, I've never 
I mean, live the day on this, this, this earth without a dog. So it's, uh, it's something that I've been certainly used to and, uh, couldn't imagine not having a dog. And I mean, certainly this guy being my own. And like, uh, he goes everywhere with me. He's, he's my best buddy, like I keep saying. And I don't know what I would do without him. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I feel the same way about my, my dog. They're, they're really great. And I, he is a very cute dog. I appreciate the pictures that you post on social media. There was one of him with the blue jackets <laughs> hat. It looked really good. Um, so, and I, yeah. I, yeah, I brought him. I brought him on board. So he's he's a number one fan. That's for sure. He's got his collar on right now. Uh, he loves it. He's excited to get down to Columbus. That's for sure. Oh, that's great. Well, there's there's a lot of good dog parks around here. A lot of places you can let him let him run wild. So, um, speaking of social media, you've been posting a lot since the trade. It seems like you you're really gung ho about being a Blue Jacket now. Uh, what is it about the team that excites you so much? Yeah, you know, I think anytime you get traded, it's tough never fun but at the same time when you're when you're going to a new I mean situation a new chapter I mean chapter closes and a new one I mean opens up for you and the teammates that that I have now in Columbus seem unbelievable they've all basically reached out to me um very very welcoming uh, great group of guys I've, I've known some of them in the past which is great um so to get to play with those guys is going to be super cool and just how good they are as a team I mean I know firsthand how hard it's play against Columbus it's one of the hardest teams if not the hardest team to, to play against day in day out and um, I mean, it just speaks volumes to, to the personnel they have, the, the work ethic and character that locker room has. And obviously, they're a very well-coached team, too. So come at you in waves. And I'm just looking forward to kind of jump on board here and help out in any way I possibly can and uh, compete for a Stanley Cup. Yeah, so how would you describe, for people who maybe haven't seen you play as much, um, how would you describe yourself as a player? And how do you think that that fits into the, the Blue Jackets scheme? Um, you know, I'm, I'm still... Uh, I always say, like, oh, I've been in the league for I mean, five years now, whatever it is, going to my sixth year. It feels like it's been forever, but um, I'm still just, I just turned 25, so still got some uh, youth in me, I guess. I like to bring energy every shift and then have some fun. Uh, I mean, hockey is, 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 is my life. I, I enjoy every second of it. The ups and downs come with it for sure, uh, but just kind of being a part of that, uh, that team is, is something that I'm looking forward to. And as a player, um, just a guy that I mean likes to likes to win, likes to compete, go out there and whatever I'm asked to do, I'll, I'll do the best of my capabilities and just try and be a good teammate and and have some fun out there with the boys. All right, so you're going to be. There's still a lot we don't know about how the lines are going to look like, but we know that you and Pierre Luc Dubois are going to be the top two centers on this team. Um, so, yep. when and we don't know who's going to be on your wing, but what kind of players? fit you best when you're playing center what kind of wings do you want guys that are more shooters or more passers do you want more speed or more power uh what what has worked well with you in the yeah. past you know i uh you're not you know whenever it really kind of dives into what they what they have to play with because you know what you mm-hmm. always adapt as a player that's what, that's what sure. our job is and um playing center is something that was was new to me in montreal and i actually certainly enjoyed it got to play with some great line mates I look at guys like Andrew Shaw, who won multiple Stanley Cups, and what he brings to a line and ability to kind of play over the ice and uh, give you the puck and let you have the puck and make plays. And then he hits a hole and it's open, and, and you can put the puck at the back of the net. So I think um, guys like that are fun to play with. Obviously, I like having the puck. I like making the pl- making plays and, and skating with it, uh, using my speed and, and trying to generate offensive chances. So. Um, you know, I look at their roster or our roster now in Columbus, and it's 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 there's so much depth and um, a lot of opportunity to play with a lot of amazing hockey players. So whoever that might be, I'm I'm looking forward to that and helping uh, make them a better hockey player and bring out the best in them. Just as I'm sure they'll do with me, and 
uh, that's the key to having a good line is, is just developing chemistry and then building that day in, day out. And, uh, I mean, complementing each other and supplementing each other's, I mean, I mean weaknesses, but uh, I mean, really highlighting each other's strengths as well. So whatever that might be, uh, or whoever that might be, it's just someone that uh, obviously I'm sure lines will change throughout the year. It's just the reality of, right. of the business we're in. But uh, Columbus, you look at the depth chart they have, doesn't matter who I'll be out there with. I'm, I'm super excited about it. All right, a couple more questions for you. Um, first, do you have any sense of what the return to play plan is going to be? And would your preference be to go back into a bubble situation, or would you rather have this season playing in the home arenas? Um, you know, I think uh, as of right now, we're we're all kind of the same boat as, as you guys are. <laughs> uh, we're just kind of playing the waiting game and getting little updates here and there. But uh, as far as I know, we're still hoping for a January first uh, start. Which Great, very exciting. Um, not sure when training camp's going to start, so we don't know that yet. But uh, I know the NHL and the NHLPA are working very hard I mean, day in day out here to to get something going here and, and make sure everyone's happy and uh, can I mean decide to, to move forward here in the safest way possible. Because the bubble was 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 great. They they did some awesome stuff, but uh, I don't think guys would would be thrilled to play in in a bubble again for the whole year. That's for sure. I mean. I certainly, uh, going in a new situation like Columbus, I'm, I'm most excited to, to get down there and, and to play it nationwide and, and play in front of those fans. At, at, at some point, hopefully in the, near, in the near future, that's what I'm most looking forward to. But uh, hey, if that means in a bubble, then we're not, we might not have a choice. But uh, definitely the goal is, is to play in, in each individual city, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's going to be hard uh, for me as a fan not being able to be there for you know opening day like I have been for you know the last ten years or so. That's going to be tough, but uh, I do hope you guys get a chance to play. Um, and then final question, then I'll let you go. Uh, this is an important question. It's been on everyone's mind this week. Uh, what is your opinion on the new reverse retro jersey that came out? I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, you know, it's. But maybe it's just because, like, when you get traded, like, it's like you've worn the same jersey for, like, every day for the last couple of years. And I've been lucky enough to wear some pretty amazing jerseys. Phoenix's uh, throwback jerseys were great. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, some jerseys that, like, Jeremy Ronick and I mean, Kachuk and Shane Doan and all these legends wore. And you go to Montreal and it's arguably one of the most historical, I mean, logos in, in the history of the game. Uh, so I was very fortunate enough to wear that. And now in Columbus, um, I mean, Jerseys are just the normal jerseys are great, but then when you get some some uh, some new flair, the new one, it's like, oh wow, this is this is super cool, this is exciting. So for someone that's coming into a new situation, any new jersey is like you get so excited about it. But when there's even a more like bigger thing to be excited about, with in terms of like a newer jersey, it's like, wow, this is this is unreal. So I I'm pumped. I can't wait. They look great. Yeah, it's, there's been a, a wide range of opinions on that, but uh, so, some of my writers are, are really excited about it, so they're, they're in your boat. So, all right, well, Max, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it, and uh, we're really excited to see you come play in Columbus. Uh, I think you're going to make you're going to be a great addition to the team. So, uh, we're really glad to have you around. And again, thanks for your time today. All right, buddy. Thank you. Take care. Subscribe to the Canon Cast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you can catch every episode. Leave us a review and a rating. And as always, we welcome your thoughts and feedback. Go to jacketscanon.com for more Blue Jackets coverage from us and follow us on Twitter at CBJCanon. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Pearly and the Howlin' Moons. Check out angelapearly.com for more music and show dates. Hello, 
Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.